Welcome to New Covenant Church. You're listening to this week's message by Senior Pastor Chris Valdez. There was a picture. Um, but one of the things that stood out to Candy and I in our trip to Israel was the testimonies that, that we uh, received from pastors and ministers that are doing ministry today in Israel and in Jerusalem. Uh, we went with Trinity Fellowship Church in Amarillo, one of the pastors. It was actually uh, Bo Williams, the one that came uh, the Sunday that I was set in place. Uh, he was the pastor who was leading that trip. And then there's always an Israeli guide who um, is is trained and uh by the government, they have extensive, extensive training uh, that they have to go through to be a tour guide um, in Israel. And so, and she's actually been a tour guide for about 30 years and um, had recently become a Christian. And she's a Messianic Jew now. And so uh, that was a, a phenomenal insights and things that she had to add. But then also Pastor Bo um, shared a lot during the trip. But one of the things that, that spoke to me was that they... There's three different ministries that Trinity Fellowship in Amarillo supports in Israel. And three different nights while we were in Israel, they had uh, pastors from those ministries come in and share with us. So we had, you know, did all the sightseeing throughout the day, learned about all the places that we were going. But then in the evening, we had these pastors come in and, and they really uh, just shared uh, with what God's doing in, in Israel today. And so to me, that was actually more impactful than any place that we went or thing that we saw. It was what's God doing today. And we'll, I'll share a little bit of the testimony that, um, of what I experienced. And then Candy will come up here in a little bit and share, share what she had. Uh, so are we good on the pictures now, Theron? Okay, so go ahead and show the first picture then. Of, okay, hey, look at there. We got, we got everything. Um, so uh, to give a little bit of uh, background to, to this picture and what I wanted to share here is just my background of reading the Bible and Scripture. I always had in my mind, this is what I pictured it like desert, dead, you know, just every story I'd read that, you know, if Jesus was walking anywhere, if he was talking to anybody, <laughs> this is what it, you know, is what I had in my head. And so when I saw this place, I was like, yeah, this is what I had uh, expected to see was just desert. And I'll show you another picture here in a minute um, that that's also in the similar uh, similar picture that shows that preconceived notion that I had of what to expect and what it was going to look like. And this is a picture of Masada. Herod the Great built two palaces here on this uh, hill top, and uh, we we saw the whole the ruins of that. Um, uh, palace that he built up there, and it was basically a fortress on this hilltop. Um, and he built it thir- between 37 and 31 BC, so it predates Christ by just a little bit. Uh, and it overlooks the Dead Sea, and you can see the Dead Sea. That's what's up there at the at the top in the background. And Masada is in the southern Israel, uh, southern Israel, and it's in the Judean desert. Um, and the Romans sieged the city between 73 and 74 A.D. They made about 13 camps around the city to siege it. And that little square that you see up in the left-hand corner, that's actually the remains of one of those camps. So at the top of this hill, you can go around the, the fortress and you see a camp and a camp and a camp. And those are all the remains of the Roman siege. And they, they successfully sie- sieged the city and took it over and uh, defeated them. Um, 
But but again, for for what I wanted to share, it's mainly just the, just what it looked like and and just my idea of what I expected when I went to Israel. The next picture is a picture of the Saint George Monastery, um, and you can see it there. It almost kind of looks like a castle or something in the middle of that gorge. And this gorge is called the Wadi Kelt, and it's uh, 22 miles long, and it goes between uh, Jerusalem and Jericho. And this is actually the path that would have been the Roman road that Jesus talked about when he uh, gave the parable of the Good Samaritan. So this, that kind of road in the middle uh, down at the bottom would have been where he would have been walking. You know, and that, that was just a parable, but this, that's where it would have occurred along, somewhere along that 22-mile road. And then it's also believed, and this is what that, that monastery is there for, um, it's believed that this is the physical representation of what David wrote about, and we, we also interpret spiritually as the valley of the shadow of death. So this is the place that they believe David was or was thinking of when he was talking about the valley of the shadow of death in Psalm 23. Um, and so that was kind of, that was interesting as well, just to hear that story and the history there and see that. Um, but again, it was really just, I just want to show you, this was my idea of what I was expecting when I went to Israel. And we saw that. So I saw what I was expecting, but I also saw what I wasn't expecting. And the next picture is uh, the Garden of Gethsemane. And so now it's green and trees, and these these are all olive trees. Um, this first tree on the left is is... Um, you know, younger trees, this one on the, that's one tree, it's huge. Um, and that tree is uh, believed to be a little over 2,000 years old. Uh, so the roots of that tree would have been around when Jesus Christ was on the earth. And it's like, well, that, that's pretty cool. Um, and the, the trees, olive trees, I didn't know this till we got there either, but they like eat themselves from within as they grow. So the inside's hollow. The life is actually on the out side edge of the tree and so if you that big tree that whole inner area is empty and then there's the life on the outside and the branches and the trees from the outside so that was that was just you know interesting fact but but it was the what i wanted to point out here is that we just saw and you can't it's kind of small in the picture but just flowers everywhere um just beauty everywhere you look we went we drove through one area that it it really i felt like i was in colorado i mean that forest and pine trees and things like that so dense that you couldn't see through and the only thing i've ever seen before was driving through the mountains of colorado and i just never in a million years would have thought israel jerusalem you know that these things would have been there and it would look like this and it would be this green um the next picture is of yeah, okay, this is the a hilltop where they believe um, Elijah battled with the prophets of Baal and uh, prayed and God, you know, brought down fire. And so this is there and there's a there's a church everywhere. They've built churches everywhere that they think something happened. So there's there's a church here um, on that hilltop. But one of the things, again, just look at the, the green and the life and the the vibrancy there. Um, but one of the things that stood out to me and while I was there, I was just thinking somewhere in this general vicinity, 
God just brought fire from heaven and consumed this offering that, that Elijah had made. And what stood out is, I mean, look how far you can see around. And this was a 360-degree view around. And if you can imagine not only all the people that had gathered there, which in that story it says basically the whole nation had gathered there, um, but everyone anywhere for miles around would have seen fire from heaven fall and be like, what was that? <laughs> and would have heard the story and would have heard the testimony and the witness of the people that were there about what God had done. And that's something that I'll share a little bit more with you about in a moment is just the power of testimony and witness and what that means in our, in our Christian life. Um, and so this also, and it reminded me just, you know, the Jesus or God, when he brought the Israelites out of Egypt, he said, I'm going to take you to a land flowing of, with milk and honey. You know, that looks a lot more like that picture and promise than the Judean desert, you know, that we just saw a moment ago. Um, but this valley that you see right here is the Valley of Megiddo. And also in Greek, it's called the Valley of Armageddon. So this is the place and this, again, general area where Revelation says the last Battle, the end all battles will occur. The end of history is going to happen in this place. And again, just a kind of uh, a sobering, you know, time and experience and to just physically be there was was neat. Um, but one of the things that we shared with you and Ken last Sunday, I just mentioned it and Candy will share with you just a, a little bit as well. That while we felt God's presence there, and I'm, I'm going to give you a little uh, personal testimony, the, one of the most impactful things to me in just a second. But um, while we felt God's presence in the Holy Spirit there, it was the same presence and the same Holy Spirit and God's presence that I've experienced here in the United States, not just in New Covenant, but just my whole life of walking with God. Um, it was the same God, the same Spirit, the same. It, it was good and it was great, but he's good and great here. It wasn't a different good and great. I was experiencing God in one location, but I've experienced God in a lot of locations in the United States, and God was saying, I'm here, and I'm there, and it's not any different. I'm present. You don't, and I'll, I'll, I, won't, I won't take any of Candy's thunder. I'll, I'll stop there for that. Uh, but, um, and I'm, I'm really, you're, look at, you'll, you'll really enjoy what, what Candy shares here in a moment. The last picture that I'm going to share is of the Sea of Galilee. And we went out on a boat that was, they're called worship boats, and they uh, take you out for about an hour. And a lot of them will just play a CD, you know, and they, they worship on the boat. This one that we were on used to be that way, but the boat captain, after doing this for, I think, about five years, and he was a Jew, uh, wasn't a Christian, um, but after doing this and experiencing the Christians and the witness and all of that, he ended up getting saved. So now he's a Messianic Jew. And after he got saved, God told, and he, he played instruments and was musical and that kind of thing. And God told him, start translating worship songs into Hebrew. So he started translating worship songs into Hebrew, has a couple CDs, and he even comes to America sometimes and tours. And um, so he led worship himself on the boat. And for me and about eight or ten others on the, in our group of about 40, um, this was the highlight of the trip, just the presence of God and the Holy Spirit in that worship time. Uh, one of the songs that we sang, we sang this morning, the Days of Elijah. And for me, God took out three words from that song um, and spoke to me very, just very clearly, and it's the, where it says, lift your voice. And God's saying, you know, lift your voice. Whatever I you know, give you to say, speak it. Don't hold back. Don't, you know, be willing to follow. And so that was, for me, that was the, 
you know, the highlight of the trip of just just being in the presence of God and hearing him speak uh, to me something, a personal word. Um, so that's 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 that part. Uh, what I want to share real quickly now is the testimonies of the ministers that we uh, interacted with and what God was doing uh, in Israel today. The first uh, person that spoke to us was a guy named David. Uh, he came from a ministry called One for Israel Ministry. And I'm going to have a handout. This has the web links to these three ministries. There's, I'm going to show you a, a short little video of a testimony um, that of their ministry. Uh, and so you'll get to see that. But there's a lot of other testimonies on here. I just recommend you looking at, at it. I've watched several, all of them extremely powerful. It's not just... Uh, Jews that they're they're ministering to. There's also a lot of Arabs and Muslims in this area. So they've got Arab testimonies of people who have come to Christ and uh, Jewish people who have come to Christ. Um, and then also the two words, the prophetic words that Candy got for the church are here too. So you can just pick up one of these on your way out and you'll have all of that. So you don't have to try to write it all down as we go through. Uh, so anyway, this ministry, uh, the senior pastor, his name is Ari, and uh, I've met him uh, years ago. Uh, he wasn't able to meet with us, but he sent uh, David. And David, uh, he's a first-generation Israeli and a second-generation Christian. Uh, this ministry has a church, and they also run a Bible college in Israel, and they focus on relationship and the power of testimony. And their online testimonies have had over 14 million views. And so God, and a lot of them are Israel centric and then also like New York, California, places where there's high populations of Jewish people. And so God is reaching people um, through this ministry. Um, the second ministry is uh, called Heart of God Ministries, and it was founded by Richard and Carolyn Hyde. This is really interesting because Richard, Richard is, uh, is a Gentile. Um, but which just means he's not a Jew. Uh, but he grew up and was born and raised in uh, Plainview, Texas, which is just down the road from where Candy and I grew up and lived in Amarillo and Hereford. And so we kind of had an instant you know, connection there. Uh, we've been through Plainview many, many times. And he met his wife, Carolyn, in Chicago as he grew up and felt like God was calling him into ministry. Then he met Carolyn, who is a Messianic Jew, and they felt God calling them to minister to Israel, which they went to Israel about 15 years ago. And um, there's a word, just an interesting side note here. Um, I'm about to tell you a word that's in, in Hebrew. But um, one thing that I found out throughout the whole trip is we pronounce everything wrong. Um, <laughs> Even the words that we say, and they kind of sound good, like, yeah, that's probably right. No, it's not. Um, <laughs> and the, our, our Hebrew or Jewish guide would say all of this stuff, and then Pastor Bo would be like, that's this. And we'd like, oh, okay, now we know what you're talking about. But she would say it correctly, and we'd have no clue what she was talking about. And then he would tell us our mangled English <laughs> word of what she had said. So anyway, this word is aliyah. And uh, it just means to return. And it's for any Jewish person who is returning home to Israel. And so they would say they made Aliyah, they returned. So Carolyn made Aliyah 15 years ago by coming home. And so their prayer is all Jewish people will Aliyah return to their home, to the land that God gave this people, that he took them out of Egypt and said, I'm going to give you a land. And even prophesied, you're going to be scattered all throughout the earth, but I'm going to bring you back. 
And what we're seeing here is they're being brought back. And literally millions of Jews have, Aliyad, have returned home to the land that God gave them. And it, one of the pastors shared with us that, you know, there's lots of world religions, but literally the only religion in the world that God said all the things that were going to happen before they happened, and then those things happened, is Christianity. Over and over and over through the Old Testament and then everything in the New Testament, and including, you know, we talked about Armageddon, other things that have even yet to happen. He's prophesied and told us what's going to happen. And over and over and over and over, he's done exactly what he said, exactly the way he said it would happen. And so that's what we're experiencing. That's what they're experiencing is the promise of God coming to fruition. And God is ministering to these people. And they, uh, they have, with their children, um, started a ministry called the Isaiah 53 video, which is uh, going out and evangelizing Jews by using their scripture their Old Testament uh, with Isaiah 53. And the interesting thing that we found was that um, the synagogues are a lot like what if, if you've ever been or been part of a Catholic church, they'll have um, weekly readings that they got. Every Catholic church in the world is looking at the same set of scripture on a given Sunday. Well, every synagogue and the synagogues predate Catholicism, obviously, but every synagogue goes through the Old Testament and they have the passages of Scripture that they go through every week and they go through their whole Old Testament. Well, long, long time ago, and this was news to me, the rabbis and the synagogues stopped reading Isaiah 53. They no longer read Isaiah 53 as part of their reading. They just get to 52 and jump to 54 and skip it. And they tell people, don't read Isaiah 53. Uh, and so very few people who are Jewish, um, even religious Jews, have read Isaiah 53. And they tell them to stay away from it. And obviously tell them to stay away from the Old Testament. So we're going to show a video here of, of their Isaiah 53 ministry. Um, some of it goes kind of fast. Don't worry if you don't read it all. Um, you'll get the gist of the idea, but it's in Hebrew, but you'll read the subtitles. פרק אחד בתוך הספר הזה, שבעצם היו מקריאים אותו בבתי הכנסת בעבר, ואז הרבנים החליטו להוציא את זה מההפטרה. היום זה נחשב הפרק האסור. האם שמעת על זה עוד פעם? האם את רוצה לראות מה נסתר בפרק הזה? יש לך את זה? יש לי פה בתנ"ך. רוצה לדעת כמה שזה על זה, האמת בעצם בגלל זה אנחנו עושים את התוכנית הזאת, כי רוב האנשים לא קראו את הפרק הזה בכלל, כי לא, לא קוראים את זה עוד בבתי הכנסת. הפרק הוא ישעיהו נ"ג, נבואה מאוד חשובה על מי המשיח יהיה, ולמשך 1,700 שנים, מאז שהוא כתב את זה, כמעט כל הרבנים וחז"ל האמינו שזה פרק שמדבר על המשיח. בעצם גם בתלמוד, בסנהדרין צד"ח, גם ילקוט שמעוני, הזוהר, הרמב״ם, האמינו שהפרק הזה מדבר על המשיח. אז עכשיו אנחנו מגיעים לקטע הכי כיפי, שאנחנו נקרא כמה קטעים מאותו פרק ונראה על מה זה מדבר. זה וחדל אישים, איש מחרובות וידוע חולי, וכמסתר פנים ממנו נבזה ולא חשבנו הוא. הוא היה בזוי ודחוי על ידי בני אדם, איש שידע כאבים ומחלות, הוא היה כמו אדם שמסתירים ממנו את הפנים, בזוי וחסר ערך בעיניהם. שזה מדבר העניין הזה על, על המשיח. חזק מאוד. אדם ש... 
כמו שכתוב בזוי ודחוי על ידי החרפה. העם שלנו היה משוכנע שהוא שלילי. לא יודע למה. לא קיבלו אותו. דחו אותו. לא חשבנו שהוא היה המשיח. אז עכשיו, מהתיאורים הללו, מהתנ״ך, יש מישהו בהיסטוריה שהגשים את הדברים האלה? אני uh, לא יודעת. לא, לי לא ידוע. לך ידוע? יש מישהו שהגשים את זה? לא, לא שאני חושב. יכול להיות שיש בי, תגיד לי עכשיו, אני לא אתן, אבל עכשיו לא עולה לי לראש. ישו. שמע, שוב אני חייב להזכיר שאני לא מאמין בזה בכלל, אבל לפי הסיפורים וכל מה ששמעתי, כן, זה מתאים לישוע. עשו ממנו איש קטן על איש גדול, שהוא בעצם כן עשה מעשים טובים, והוציאו אותו בדיוק ההפך. תראה, אני מאמין שישוע, שבא לפני חורבן בית המקדש, שהוא הגשים את אלה בדיוק, הוא בא לפני שבעים לספירה, הוא נולד בבית לחם, שהעם שלנו דחה אותו, הוא סבל ומת, אבל הוא קם לתחייה, היו חמש מאות אנשים יהודים שראו אותו חי אחרי שהוא מת, והם כתבו עליו. וגם כמובן הגויים קיבלו אותו אפילו מיליארדים והמשיח אמר, אני אקח את זה על עצמי, אני, כל הסבל והעונש שהיה מגיע לכם, אני אקח את זה על עצמי. אבל כדי לקבל את זה, אנחנו חייבים לעשות מה שהיו עושים אז. מתוודים על החטאים, מצטערים עליהם, להתחייב לא לעשות אותם עוד, וגם להאמין ולהעביר את החטאים שלנו עליו. רק אם אנחנו נאמין באותו משיח ונקבל אותו, אז הוא יקבל את כל החטא שלנו על עצמו. לא נראה לי ששמעתי את הדברים האלה בגלל שהנושא מגיע לישו, כבר יש כזה מחסום, שלא רוצים אפילו לחשוב על זה, לא רוצים לפתוח את הראש, להיות, באמת, להביא לזה מחשבה קצת. זה, לא יודע, מסתכלים עליו כאילו, כן, כמו ש... כתוב בפסוק הזה, שדחו אותו. That they showed us that video, and this video is actually about ten minutes. We clipped about four minutes again. You can pick this up and go watch the whole thing if you'd like to. Um, one other thing I really want to, or just want to point out real quickly before we go on to the next the last ministry was the Richard and Carolyn Hyde one that was their son, the one that was speaking to these these people. Um, the other thing that stood out to me was that they specifically said they have been praying Matthew chapter eight. Uh, send the, the pray to the Lord of the harvest to send out your labors into the the field for their white you know for the harvesting and many of you may know or remember that we 've been praying that here, and so several things like that that God just was you know like yeah we 're on other sides of the world, but god 's telling us to do the same thing, and their their field is white for the harvest, and our field is white for the harvest, and God needs them to do what they 're doing in Israel, and he needs us to do what he 's calling us to do uh, here. The last uh, ministry that came and spoke to us was uh, a pastor named Minno Kalisher, and he's a senior pastor of the Assembly House of Redemption. Um, and he talked a lot about like what they just said in that video of the 1,700 years 
prior to Christ coming, everyone would have said, Isaiah 53 was talking about the Messiah. After that, though, when Jesus fulfilled everything that Isaiah 53 said, they said, ah, we don't like the idea that he's the Messiah, so we're just going to stay away from that. And um, he actually, when he was 17, his parents uh, were Holocaust survivors. And uh, his father, and they came you know, from Europe to Israel. And... Um, they had a total of eight years of education between them. The father went through third grade. The mother went through fifth grade. And uh, very intelligent, though, and did you know well in life. But the father knew ten languages with his third grade education. Um, but what he said is, as he grew up and when he got to be 17, he, he was just looking around and said, okay, here, there's all these rabbis. There's all these college professors. There's all these educated people who say Jesus Christ isn't the Messiah. And I've got my third and fifth grade, you know, educated parents telling me he is. And so he was like, who who do I believe and what's true? And so at 17, he took it upon himself. He was like, I'm going to figure this out. I'm going to study this. I'm going to know for sure that Jesus is the Christ. So he studied and studied and decided he was going to go back to uh, old rabbinic writings of very respected uh, historical rabbis because he said you can't trust a living rabbi. He said if you ever ask them a question and then you counter them or get them in a place, they'll just change their answer or conversation. And he was like by going back to the the ones that were dead and, and what they've written about this, then they couldn't change their story. Um, so he went back to that. But what he found was very interesting. Every single one of them did not address and prove that Jesus wasn't the Christ. He said literally all of them start from the point of just reject, outright rejection. He's not the Christ. There was no nothing to back that up. Just like the guy said in the video, he was like, he said, he was like, we just we're just taught it's wrong. He's not him. Stay away. Um, and so there was no logical argument, no thing in Scripture, nothing they could point to. It was just he's not it. The other thing that's interesting in that video is part of the prophetic word about the Messiah is that he's going to come before the destruction of the second tem- temple. Well, that happened not long after Christ came. And so no one can fulfill that prophecy of, you know, there's there's no one who can come now that can come before the destruction of the second temple. So it had to be someone that came before that. Well, Jesus Christ is the only one. Um, so I would, I would re- really recommend you getting one of these sheets and looking at some of the other testimonies. Just powerful, powerful testimonies. I want to share two scriptures with you real quick before I hand over to Candy. Um, the first one is uh, John 3, 10 through 12. Says Jesus answered him and says, Are you the teacher of Israel, and yet you do not understand these things? Truly, truly, I say to you, we speak of what we know and bear witness to what we have seen, but you do not receive our testimony. If I have told you earthly things and you do not believe, how can you believe if I tell you heavenly things? So there's two words here uh, used. The first one is for witness, and the word which I know I'm pronouncing wrong, is uh, martyrio. And it's translated as to bear witness, testify, bear record, witness, or be, be a witness and give a testimony. And it means to affirm that one has seen or heard or experienced something. 
The second word is uh, marturia, and it's translated as witness, testimony, record, and report. And it means evidence given what one testifies before a judge. And we know these words, witness and testimony. But I think often we forget when we say we're supposed to witness. We just think, oh, we're supposed to tell people about Jesus Christ. We're to try to get people saved. We're just supposed to go out and talk about them. That's not what witness is. To be a witness, you have to have seen, heard, or experienced something. If you have not seen Christ, if you don't have a relationship with Him, if you have not experienced the Holy Spirit, you can't witness anything. You haven't experienced Him. You have no testimony. We're to witness what we have experienced. The disciples went out because they said, we have seen the Christ. We walked with him. We lived with him. We saw him die and we saw him raised from the dead. And like the gentleman in the video said, 500, over 500 people saw him alive. They were witnesses to an event in history. And we are witnesses. We can give testimony for what Jesus Christ has done in our life. And I watched, you know, test, multiple testimonies on these sites, and you see these people breaking down. There's one young lady who um, just is crying out because she said her 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 sisters had gotten saved, and she the whole family just rejected them because they had gone become Christians, and she said they'd gone into this cult, and she said I went to the New Testament to prove them wrong to get them out of the cult, and she found Christ. And she's giving her testimony of meeting the living Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And she's breaking down crying and saying, they've lied to us for 2,000 years. We've been lied to for 2,000 years saying, reject the Christ. He's not the Messiah. He's not the Messiah. Skip Isaiah 53. Don't pay any attention to him. Just Focus on this. And she came to a knowledge of Christ and she's sharing her testimony. No one could convince her that he's not the living Lord and Savior because she's experienced it. And that's what God's calling us to do, to give a witness, to bear witness, to give a testimony to what we've experienced. So when we say we're supposed to go out in the community and live it, it's because you're just supposed to share what he's done in your life. And uh, one of the things that Minnow shared was uh, in they went out praying and were just praying for people to heal. And they were in a park and there was an elderly lady walking and he just asked, is there anything uh, that hurts that I can pray for you for? And she said, well, my back hurts. And he's like, well, can I pray for you? He prays for her and it's he actually ended up praying for her a couple times. But in that 10, 15 minute window, she gets totally healed. And she's running around with her dog, you know, just excited that that she's healed. She has no more pain. And she says, you must be angels. And he says, no, I'm not an angel. But I want to, can I tell you about Jesus Christ? I know, you know, the one who healed you. And it opened that door to, to witness. And what I, what God spoke to me in these testimonies and even that testimony was so often we, it's like we're practicing Christianity, uh, undercover. You know, we're going to pray for the people out there, but from here or from our prayer closet. We're not going to actually encounter them and say, can I pray for you? And when Jesus healed people, 
It was a witness to what God the Father was doing, to what the Holy Spirit could do, that He does heal, He does save, He does miracles. And it was a testimony that Jesus was the Christ. So when we go out in this example, it was like God healed that lady so she would have a witness and a testimony of what God did in her life. But she would have never had it if, like Pastor Darrell, the last three weeks has been preaching about the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is going to convict the world of righteousness, sin, and judgment. But he's going to do it through us going out to the people who don't know him by giving our testimony and praying for them and ministering to them and them seeing God do what only God can do. And so I got excited in Israel. <laughs> I saw these testimonies. I was like, this is what God's been talking about and speaking to us that we're trying to communicate to you that we would share our testimony, our witness, our experience everywhere that we go and that we would approach people and take any door that's available, even if it's just... Is there anything I can pray for you about and trust that God is going to do something that only he can do that will open the door for us to share the about the life that is in us, who's Jesus Christ. And then they'll have a testimony and a witness and an experience. And if we've if you've never had that, you don't know. Him. You haven't met him because if you have met Christ, you have experienced something. And you have a witness of something. I'll wrap up if there's any time left at the end. But I'm going to hand over to Candy so she can share her word with you. Welcome, Hart. Good morning. Well, I want to apologize for the video mess up because that was all for me because I was totally nervous. And now I'm not because we've already had our mess up. For the service. So that was all. God did that for me. Um, The whole trip was totally amazing. I saw everything I saw, I just fell in love with. Um, But there were two moments that stood out to me the most. And the first place was Capernaum, which is a picture right here. Now, this is where Peter lived with his mother in law, and where Jesus probably lived with him as well, and where Jesus did a lot of his ministry here in Capernaum. And it was standing here looking at this house looking at the synagogue that's there, that it really hit me that I was standing where Jesus probably stood. And it was just an overwhelming feeling to me that I was there. And so we went back to the hotel that night, and I couldn't sleep. And so I was just praying to God, I was talking to God, and I said, Lord, I wish the church, meaning this particular church, New Covenant, could see everything that I'm seeing. And um, this, is where he, this is what he told me. <clears throat> You feel closer to me by going to Israel, but the people of New Covenant do not need to go to Israel to be closer to me. I am in this place just like I am in Israel. I healed the sick in Israel, and I can heal the sick here. I took care of and fed the people in Israel, and I'm going to take care of my people here, for you are my people. So it was just like what Chris said earlier. He's here just like he was in Israel. Um, And that was pretty early on in the trip. And now before we had left, someone had told me that I was going to see things or hear things there. So I went with that expectation. Like everywhere we went, I was like, okay, what am I going to see? What am I going to hear? And I really didn't get anything. And so I was kind of going, well, maybe that was wrong. I remember telling Chris I haven't gotten anything. And we were leaving um, on a Friday night. And that Wednesday, I was talking to God thinking, well, that was probably wrong. I'm not going to hear anything. And the Lord told me to be patient 
which I thought was funny because it was at the end of the trip he told me to be patient. I was like, okay. <clears throat> so that Friday, so we're leaving Friday night. That Friday morning we went to the Garden of Gethsemane, which Chris kind of already showed you that. And they um, left us alone for like 30 minutes to go and pray. And so that's what we did. And I didn't realize it at the time, but Chris was praying for me, which thank goodness he was because the Lord spoke to me there in an amazing way. I mean, I got words for everybody. I got words for my kids. I got words for Chris. And I got another word for, for you guys. Um, and here's what it says. This is a church of healing. People come here and they're healed physically, emotionally, and mentally. We as a church need to not be afraid of it, but embrace it because a flood is coming. A flood of people who are going to need Jesus. And I went, in this small town? And Jesus said, yes, in this small little town. He said to be faithful and pray because people are going to need him. And he needs the warriors in this church to be his hands and feet. And then I got this overwhelming feeling of how much he loves this church. He loves it so much. And then... Um, I couldn't I couldn't put it into words, but this church was kind of like the beginning vision of what Jesus wanted the church to be like. Um, and so he said, just continue to seek him, for he desires more of you. And so I'm super excited of this flood that's coming, but so we need to be ready. So prayer warriors, and y'all just, just get ready. And I'm going to let Chris come back up here. Wasn't that good? You know, and there's, there's, different, there's different gifts, different giftings. We're all given. Um, God doesn't give any one of us every gift. He gives us so that as a body of Christ, we can be who we're supposed to be. Candy gets prophetic words. If she's, uh, if you ever, if she's ever praying up here, I'd recommend you going many, many times. She'll, she'll get a word. Um, I'd literally... I think I can almost say never um, get that type of work. God doesn't speak to me that way. That's not my gifting, uh, but he does it with her all the time. And there's, uh, you know, to me, I think, and it may just be the, the gifting that you don't have. You kind of <laughs> lift it up more. But I, I told Pastor Daryl this morning, I was like, you know, honestly, when I read her prophetic words that God gave her, I was like, this is more powerful than any word I've ever preached in my life. This is a word from God for a specific time and place. And the truth is that there's a place for the teaching and the other, you know, that's true. But I, this is a different gift that we have to see. And so we see the prophetic word. We see the gift of tongues. Uh, last Sunday, we see what God is doing. We get the word, the teaching. Um, and so all of these gifts are needed and all of those gifts are distributed to every single one of you. One of the things, uh, quickly I'll share, uh, I mentioned the first service, so last week we had uh, another word that was given, spoken in tongues, and we had an interpretation. Um, what we received afterward was about three or four other interpretations that came, spoke to me or Pastor Daryl. Same time, same, you know, same place, they all got the same, and, and it was a little bit more, but just reconfirming what was shared. Uh, and what I want to say to you is when God speaks something like that to you, speak up. I know it's easy to say, well, so-and-so already did it, so there's no need for me to. But that's that much more of a testimony to everyone in the, the rest of the congregation to say, God is confirming this word. 
It's not just from one. And the Bible even says uh, something should be confirmed by the word of two or three, not just one. And so both times that we've had words in the last year, there was more than two or three. And so God confirmed that word. But in both cases, only one was willing to speak up. And so when God is speaking to you in here, or telling you to do something at your job, tell, prompting you to pray for someone, prompting to give your witness, to give your testimony. Respond. Stand up and say whatever God's saying to, to do, to, to participate in whatever He's calling you to respond. And He's going to do what only He can do. And we can trust Him and we can have faith in that. But we're so excited. I'm so excited uh, for the words that Candy shared. I really believe um, what we saw and experienced, the fact that they were you know, speaking on Matthew 8 about praying to the Lord of the harvest to send out workers into his field. The world is ripe for the harvest. And God is calling people out into the world to give testimony, to share their witness of what they've experienced in a relationship with Jesus Christ. But we have to respond we have to respond to his calling and we have to do whatever he's calling us to do. And this word that Candy shared um, about this flood coming, that people, and she said, people are going to need, they need him. They need Jesus. And it's going to be through your prayers and through your hands and feet that they're witness and ministered to. But we have to be willing to do it and we have to be willing to seek after God. And that is my hope for you this morning that is what communicated. Like I said, we'll have these uh, handouts in the foyer in the back as you exit. Um, Watch some more of those testimonies. Let those encourage you. I watched those. And when we heard the, the testimonies of these pastors of what God's doing, it just got me so excited. Not only of what God's doing there, but then him just reconfirming to both of us is, I'm doing it here too. I'm moving here. I'm speaking here. I'm working here. uh, And we need to do the same thing they're doing. Share our testimony. Share with the people around us the love and hope that is Jesus Christ. Will you bow with me as we pray? Dear Heavenly Father, we just thank you for this time together, Lord. I thank you for this body. I know that you love this part of your body, and we uh, dearly, dearly love uh, this part of your body. Father, I just pray right now um, that your Holy Spirit would be speaking, Lord, as as Pastor Darrell shared, that the Holy Spirit is going to convict of righteousness and judgment and sin, but he's going to do it through us, through you using us, being willing to use us, people that are nothing without you, Lord. We don't have the strength. We don't have the ability. We don't have the words. And that's why you chose us. That's why you choose us. Because only you can do it. Only you can transform lives. Only you can set people free. Only uh, you could come and make the world right and redeem us from our sins, Lord. All of these things only you can do. And only you can use us to reach the world. And we merely make ourselves available, Father. And I pray that this body will be available as your, to be your hands and feet through the power of the Holy Spirit within us. And Lord, I just pray that we will see what only you can do in every area of this community. In your name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's message. For more information or to listen to past sermons, go to newcovenantlampasses.com.